Presents Football Time. Hey, welcome to the Football Time Show. It's NFL Week 8. You thought Week 7 was bad. Uh, Week 8 somehow manages uh, to be worst. Should be interesting to get into these picks. I think Thursday night was uh, probably uh, the peak we're going to get this week. Uh, I had a very very difficult time uh, coming up with picks, so uh, it should be an interesting week overall. Uh, what do you feel about week eight here, Achilles? Yeah, as you mentioned, I wasn't expecting it to be anywhere close to last week, but uh, it seems like the pain continues as we try to make some uh, mutual picks on the show here. Yeah, it's it's like a combination. I, I think these spreads have adjusted from you know early uh, on in the season. I think there's a weird thing where there's like a lot of really, really bad teams and then a handful of really, really good teams. It doesn't seem to be like a happy middle where there's, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, balanced play. It's either you're really, really bad or you're really, really good and there's no happy medium there, which leads to a lot of these sort of mismatches or just matchups overall uh, versus bad teams, uh, you know, and, and it just sort of, I think, skews things. It makes it really, really difficult to sort of uh, have picks that you have confidence in. Yeah, and I mean, we were both having trouble actually making picks. Um, I think I ran down one of my parlays with you which I'm not in love with, by the way, but I just had a free bet lying around, so I went ahead and used it. Uh, but I do have my notebook ready, and I'm ready to make our picks as we go. Today's uh, theme is going to be sell me. So hopefully we can sell each other on some picks because uh, it's tough sledding this week. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we get into our mutuals, uh, Thursday night, uh, Green Bay went down to Arizona. Uh, no, none of their receivers. Uh, it, it was to the point where I was having to look up names of guys, which uh, always uh, starts to get a little weird in the depth chart when even I'm having to look up uh, who these guys are. Uh, but uh you know, and, and then they lost Tunyon uh, to torn ACL. That really, uh, you know, hurts, hurts really bad. I think they probably would have rather taken the loss uh, than to lose him uh, to an ACL injury overall. Uh, but at least we get a, a you know, popper color a little bit. I, I think we've talked numerous, numerous weeks that we don't believe this Arizona team is, you know, really a, a legit contender. Uh out in the NFC uh, to lose at home on a Thursday night to this uh, Green Bay Packers team, uh, I think shows really where they sit overall in the NFC on the, that side of things. Yeah, I think, you know, the outcome of this game basically has two trains of thoughts. And it's either one, you know, Arizona's not as good as everyone thought they were. They're still a good team, but they're just not as good as we thought they were. Uh, which is probably more to where I stand, uh, although I've stood there pretty much for a few weeks now. Uh, and the other is they were still in it. You know, it came down to that last play and Kyler Murray, you know, unfortunately threw an interception, but they were, they could have kicked the field goal and tied it, taken it to overtime. But, you know, they were very aggressive. They're, they're looking to win that game. So I think there's two ways you can look at it. You can look at it as in, they lost a tough one that they were in or – this team just isn't as good in the big the big moment. So 
you know, they're still a good team. I, I don't take anything away from them, and I don't really take, you know, I think the most impressive part about this was Green Bay's performance, even with all the injuries, despite of all the noise we kept hearing coming into this Thursday night game. I think that's a bigger storyline. I know that we expected from Aaron Rodgers, but this year they haven't been as good as they were last year. And for him to, you know, come out and be confident enough to really take it to his undefeated Cardinals team, I thought really spoke uh, highly of his skill level. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, more and more impressed with the Packers. Uh, you sort of just uh, cross off that week one game with the Saints as a, you know, glorified exhibition game. Uh, you know, the other thing coming out of that game, J. Ray Watt, you know, a couple days before it was announced, uh, you know, probably season-ending surgery. Uh, it, it definitely hurts that defense, weakens them. They were playing well, but, uh, you know, you, you can't be all that too shocked at this result. Uh, J.J. Watt basically has not played a, a full football season in, you know, three or four years. So, you know, disappointing that they lose him, but I, I don't know. If you go, wow, couldn't see that one coming, uh, really, uh, based on J.J. Watt's injury history the previous couple of years. Yeah, you're right. I don't think that it comes as a surprise, especially if you follow J.J. Watt's career. Uh, he's the guy who tends to go at it pretty hard. And one of the issues about going at it pretty hard nonstop is you run the risk of getting injured. And it's been a consistent thing throughout his career for him. Um, unfortunately for the Cardinals, you know, even though he wasn't their best defensive player, he really seemed to be putting a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. And, you know, even though he wasn't getting the, the, the sacks, these pressures actually matter. They impact the game and the uh, decisions of the quarter, that the quarterback's going to make when throwing the ball. So I, I think it's, it's a key loss for them, but I think that this team is still good enough to where they can get past it. I, I think they'll be okay. I don't think it'll hurt them too much in the long run, but I'm sure they would have loved to have them all season long. Yeah, definitely so. All right, let's see if we can get into our uh, 50 on 5 mutuals here. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to come up with five, uh, but we'll see if we can find five. Uh, speaking of two bad teams playing each other, though, technically I guess they're both 3-3. Three and three. Uh, Carolina Panthers go to the Atlanta Falcons here. Falcons three-point favorites in this game. I really have no feel on this game. You know, you look at football outsiders, these two teams are, uh, you know, hovering uh, around in in the same place. Carolina sits at 26 in total DVOA, Atlanta at 31. Offensively, Carolina's at 30, Atlanta's at 25. Defensively, Carolina's defense is probably the best thing about either of these teams sits at 11, Atlanta's defense sits at 30. Uh you know, Carolina after that really, really good start with Kinston McCaffrey with this defense flying. But since McCaffrey's gone out, this has been a totally different team. Uh, I, I'm curious how you see this game playing out. I want to lean a little towards Atlanta, but I, I think Carolina would be the smarter play here getting three points. But I'm a little bit sick of taking Carolina, watching that defense try to uh, hold on to the nail while Sam Darnold, you know, figures it out or, you know, whoever is playing quarterback at the time. So I'm curious your feel uh, on this game. You know, it's funny. Just, you know, this season, now it happens every year, but more so this season, and I think it's a little more obvious this season also, where within a week or two, our minds are completely changed on a team. And you look a couple weeks ago, if I would have told you, We've got that Carolina Falcons game coming up. I'm sure you would have thought as well as myself 
that Carolina would have easily dominated this game and they probably would have been a heavy favorite. Uh, fast forward a couple of weeks and you're talking about a three point dog here. Now I know that they're on the road, obviously things like, but this Carolina team, it's been such a letdown over the last few weeks. You know, they had situations where they could have righted the ship and possibly steered, you know, towards a potential playoff spot um, in hopes that you get some of your guys healthy back this later on this season and you're in prime position to, you know, make a run. Uh, unfortunately, though, they seem to have fallen off. Sam Darnold's play has really taken a, a plunge here, and it's really hurt this team. But I still believe in this team. I, you know, the Falcons, yes, I know that they've really found good chemistry between the tight end and the quarterback, and the defense has looked a little bit better. But I also take into account the opponents that they faced, and they haven't really been that good. So it's hard for me to put too much, you know, emphasis on that the way that defense is playing when they haven't played any top tier teams. So I guess if I had to, you know, sway any direction here, I would have to trust at least Carolina for one more week and hope that they could, uh, you know, even in a situation when they're on the road. I know they've been playing poorly, but I think I would trust them one more week and roll the dice and see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, it's definitely making it a lot hard to pick, even if against uh, an Atlanta team here. Yeah. You know, the total sits at 47, one and a half for the first half, 23 for the, uh, you know, first half over under. I, I just really hate every single side of this. I don't want to be on a side where I have the Falcons as a favorite. Uh, you know, you saw last week as the favorite. You know something's bad coming. Uh, you could tell me Atlanta could be up and we're calm and then bad things start to happen. And then you tell me Carolina, you have that side, and you know you're just watching Sam Darnold not be able to move this offense, and you're just, you know, you're just kicking yourself in your head for being, yeah, why did you take this once again? You know, I don't think you've taken Carolina as many times as I have this year. It was reaping great rewards, you know, early in the year when they were fully healthy. And then I think I've gotten burned on them about twice in this stretch where, you know, even versus poor teams, much like, you know, last week versus the Giants, who hadn't really shown defensively to be all that good, offensively to be all that good. Uh, Sam Darnold just wasn't capable of scoring points. So I, I don't think I could sell you on a side either way uh, really on this other than, I would think Carolina is the play, but uh, I, I don't think I'm really uh, willing to dive deep into Carolina once again here, uh, uh, especially if we don't know totally what we're getting at quarterback. Uh, you know, Sam could come out, be awful. Then we got P.J. Walker, uh, you know, in there. And uh, as much as I love P.J. Walker, the pride of the Temple Owls, uh, I, if they haven't been game planning for it all week, uh, I, I don't really like that because B.J. Walker's a totally different style of quarterback than Sam Darnold here. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I still think that, you know, just based off our history alone, we probably have to put this Panthers game in there as maybe um, simply because it's it, just like last week, we're going to be, you know, grasping at straws here for, for teams. So I, I think that, even though we're not completely sold on it and we're not confident in it, I think we should still put Carolina down at plus three, um, at least in her maybe column. Yeah, we can uh, put them down. Uh, hopefully we we won't have to reach those uh, uh, depths. But, uh, yeah, 
since, uh, you know, my first initial feel before, you know, I started looking at the numbers and it, it's basically the exact same teams, uh, other than Carolina's a little bit better defensively. Atlanta's a little bit better offensively. I will say the emergence of, uh, you know, Kyle Pitts and the way they've used him the last couple of weeks starts to give me a little bit more, uh, faith in that Atlanta offense. Cause, uh, if, if, they continue to utilize his weaponry. Now, uh, it, it's not a great matchup versus Carolina. They do have some linebackers who can guard, uh, but uh, I, I do think the Kyle Pitts integration into the Atlanta offenses has sort of bumped them up a tick or two in my mind as well. Yeah, I agree with you. There's definitely some pause there, especially as you mentioned, just how great Pitts is. The connection between Pitts and Ryan has been. Uh, it seems to be something magical there. It just... I can't trust that enough. And even as much as I like the Panthers, I can't trust them enough to say, listen, let's just go ahead and take it. And it's on me if it doesn't hit, but I just, I can't bring myself to do it. Yeah. All right. Uh, we'll move on to Miami and Buffalo. Uh, I, I think we know I, I won't pitch much of a sale uh, for a uh, 14 point favorite as the uh, Buffalo Bills are in this one. Uh, 14 points, Buffalo at home. Uh, over under total sits at 48 and a half. The first half sits at minus seven. Uh, the first half uh, total sits at 25 and a half. Uh, this game was played, uh, I, I believe, in week two, maybe week three. I'm trying to, you know, jog the memory here. But uh, Buffalo went down to Miami, won 35 nothing. So based on that result and the results of the Buffalo Bills uh, versus the Miami Dolphins, basically in the Josh Allen era uh, of complete ownage and domination, um, they scored 60 on them in the last game of the season last year when Buffalo didn't even have to have the game. Uh, so, you know... I don't think I can convince myself to take Miami based on what I saw defensively from them last week. Yes, the offense looked a little bit better, uh, but turnovers were still there. If you're going to turn the ball over versus the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, you're going to get blown out. I don't know if that uh, clears up. So it's probably Buffalo or nothing on this side of things. And then it's like, do we take... 14-point spread in NFL games, uh, which I am uh, totally opposed to. Uh, this is something where I, I rather would go like an alternate line and push this thing up to, you know, like 24 because either we're getting the blowout or we're going to get backdoored cover. It, it's not going to be sitting like right on 14. It's either going to be 35 nothing or it's going to be 28-17. So there is no happy middle there on the uh, 14 there. But uh, what are your thoughts on this one? You know, this is one game that scares me simply because, as you mentioned, it seems like Miami's starting to kind of get their offense in flow here. Uh, they're starting to get some guys back from injury, which is helping the offense out. And it takes a little bit of pressure off the defense, so the defense doesn't necessarily have to do as much. Um, doesn't mean the defense is playing any better, but it just seems like they're playing less pressured um, but even with all that, you're talking about a Buffalo team that's super explosive, can put up a ridiculous amount of points. Um, and as you mentioned, they've already dominated them so far this season. Now, I, I do have a little bit uh, of concern here when it comes to taking a divisional opponent uh, to dominate twice. You know, that 14-point spread it does seem high, but I guess if any team were to be able to cover against any team, 
uh, this would definitely be the probably the right matchup for it. But I just don't have the confidence in taking a 14 point spread. Um, I don't know. This might be something that I, I, I might take some action on individually, but as a mutual, it's hard for me to really sell you on this. I, I just can't find any middle ground where uh, it, it would make sense to, you know, lay down some money on this. Yeah, uh, definitely. So I just, you know, I, I would look a little bit, maybe at that uh, first half line, uh, you know, you look at some first half numbers, uh, Miami's offense in the first half is ranked 26th, uh, you know, on, on football outsiders, DVOAs, Buffalo's defense is ranked first in the first half. Uh, you switch things over. Now, Buffalo's offense has been more of a second half offense. They are 16th, uh, but Miami's defense is 16th in the first half. So you got to watch there. Maybe you can get that seven covered, uh, but you know, it, it's, it's, you know, hard to play that game, especially when, you know, Buffalo can sort of pick whatever 10-minute spot uh, they want to put their weight on the Dolphins and, and blow this thing open and then sort of pull things back. They also are coming off a bye, uh, a, coming off a bye, coming off that loss, uh, you know, to Tennessee. So maybe they want to, you know, blitz things out. Uh, you know, overall, uh, total DVOA, I mean, there's no comparison here. You know, Buffalo's number one uh, in total DVOA. Uh, Miami is 28. Uh, offensively, Buffalo is 10. Miami defensively is 25. Miami offensively is 26. And Buffalo defensively is one. So, you know, it, it's as lopsided as you can get. So there's not really any way you can comparison. Uh, the only thing I could sort of say is uh, Miami's offense in the first half is 26, and their offense in the second half is 26. So at least they're consistently uh, terrible <laughs> in both halves. Yeah, you got to give something, right? Everybody gets an award. Yes, everybody gets an award. They have maintained the same 26th ranked offense in first half and uh, second half, uh, which probably is a little bit difficult to do. So uh, anyway, uh, I think the play would be Buffalo, but uh, it, it wouldn't be a play I'd really, really touch. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can play this over under. Uh, traditionally, this... Um, you know, over his hit in the past, but, uh, you know, coming off that 35 nothing game, yes, it was Jacoby Bursett, but uh, the way the Bills' defense has played, uh, I, I'm not really uh, pro uh, taking an over 48.5 if I don't think Miami can score. But then you go back to week 17 of last season when Buffalo scored 58 points by themselves, so that makes the under. Uh, just a tad tricky, especially since Miami's defense was actually somewhat relevant last year and has been completely irrelevant this year. So I just have no real feel on this game. But 14 would be my lean. Just grab Buffalo and play the blowout here. Okay, well, I'm going to put Buffalo plus four, uh, minus 14 in our maybe column. Just we'll see what happens after that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if we're diving into that, uh, we're in real, real trouble. Oh, I know. Have you looked at the week, though? Yes. Uh, I, I think we're in real trouble no matter what. But uh, next up for us, interesting matchup, San Francisco does to Chicago. San Francisco is a four-point favorite. Uh, the over-under on this one, 39 and a half. <laughs> 
Uh, they have watched these two teams' offensive play. Um, first half uh, line is two and a half for the 49ers. Over under is 20. So, you know, uh, this matchup, I, you know, I hammered San Francisco really, really bad uh, last week. I, I went a little soft on the Bears, though if I had known Nagy, uh, was trying to blame Justin Fields for uh, them telling him that there were 12 men on the field and to take a deep shot, and then he does it, and then in his press conference, he blames him for uh, uh, not counting the men on the field because it wasn't a 12-man field. I probably would have gone even harder on uh, Mr. Nagy there, uh, but uh, needless to say, that man just has to go. Somehow he blames the uh, 20-year-old quarterback to make a split-second decision and count 12 people on the field uh, when your job <laughs> is telling him in his earphone that there are 12 on the field and to snap it. So, uh, you know, this Bears team is just a mess, uh, but it's a mess that uh, can sometimes win games. I don't think Khalil Mack is going to play. It, it, he hasn't officially been ruled out. They've been, you know, murky. Uh, with what they're saying, but I'm assuming from what I've read, he will be out in this game. Uh, Akeem Nix, questionable. He did not play last week. Uh, so, I would say San Francisco, but um, you know my feeling on road favorites, and now we're taking road favorites on a bad team in a team that tends to play much better at home than away. Uh, I, I'm curious what your thoughts and how you think this matchup is playing out here, uh, San Francisco, Chicago. You know, every time I felt like San Francisco might be the right play in this situation, all I kept hearing in my in my ear was that offensive genius, the offensive genius. Uh, so going back to our last week's show, you were talking about uh, Coach Shanahan. And, uh, you know, I just can't – you did the, the opposite of sell me uh, – I just can't really get a feel for this game. Um, I, I really thought San Francisco would be in a much better position at this point in the season, and they've seemed to really fallen off. And we constantly make excuses for them about injuries and this, this, and that. But it, it's really starting to feel like they're only good against certain teams based off the type of style that they play. Um, and that doesn't match up well against everybody. You know, they'll play well against the Rams. They'll play well against the Seahawks. Um, but as far as the rest of the league, I, I don't know if they have the amount of talent level on the field to blow out even the bad teams. So I don't care if you think Chicago's good, if you think they're bad, if you think they're mediocre on the rise, whatever. It's hard, even with all those injuries, as you mentioned, for the Chicago Bears, it's hard for me to feel confident about this 49er team. I, I will say that I am a little intrigued by the over. I know that both offenses have been pretty horrendous, but both defenses have been pretty bad also. And this seems like the type of recipe for some sort of blowout, although it may not be a shootout, uh, but, you know, more of a blowout, like where both offenses you know, uh, perform a lot better than we anticipated because of how poor the defense plays. Um I mean, what was it, 39? I could see a 41-point game here. The, uh, over under on this game. I could see a 41-point game here, but I could also see a 14-point game here. So I could see a 3-0 <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't know which way to lead. Uh, 
Mm. Oh, gosh, no, I, I get your point week. where both these lines are a little shaky. Uh, both have good pass rush now. You know, Bears pass rush without Knicks and Mac. Uh, you know, that takes it away a little bit. You still got Rokon Smith. You know, overall, it's just really, really hard uh, to really gauge this. And then, you know, I, I flipped, a, you know, PFF to look at the, you know, QB uh, grades. And, you know, Fields is a 49.3. You think you'd have a real advantage with Garoppolo. He's only a 56.8 uh, here. Uh, you know, his passer rating in a clean pocket is 88.4. Fields is 76. Now, uh, you know, under pressure, Garoppolo's is 93. Fields is 21. You expect that difference you know with a rookie quarterback versus a quarterback who's played uh, but then you look at the other things uh big time throw percentage uh, which, you know, is explosive plays. Uh, Fields is hitting 4.86% uh, percent of his throws are big-time throws. Garoppolo's 0.61. He is basically not even trying uh, to get the ball down the field. A- and then, you know, we thought Fields has had turnover issues. Turnover-worthy play percentage, Garoppolo is 6.10%. Fields is only 4.86. So, I mean, you look at some of these metrics, Garoppolo is barely, barely, uh, you know, creeping by, you know, Justin Fields here. Uh, So it's not even like I can go, well, we got Garoppolo, we got the veteran presence back there. Uh, He hasn't even shown that to the point where, you know, I begin to worry that uh, Shanahan will get a little antsy, and then we get Trey Lance, you know, in there if things stop going uh, the way they think. Now, you know, football outsiders, you know, adjust their line due to their metric. Their line, they're saying, is should be six uh, for the 49ers. I don't agree with that totally. I thought this line should be hovering about two, uh, but that being said, my lean is San Francisco, so I probably want the two instead of the four. Uh, uh, but, you know, I, I see your point in the under. Uh, I are over, sorry, uh, not the under. I, I might lean that way, uh, but it, it's just, it's hard for me to gauge what we're getting offensively from either one of these teams uh, to where we get just a terrible uh, game overall. The four, I could live with it, but I wouldn't like it on San Francisco's side. I don't think I can make a case uh, really with the Bears without Mac and uh, probably without Akeem Nix in there. So, uh I, I would lean Niners, but uh, I would not feel comfortable uh, with the Niners at all. Honestly, I think I would feel a lot more comfortable making a pick and, and sticking to my guns if either one, they had a healthy tight end for the Niners, or as you mentioned, we had a healthy Caligal Mack for the Bears. I, I think both of those guys are impactful players enough yeah. to where you throw them into the mix. And it's like, okay, it, it's not so neck and neck anymore, slightly more favorable to this team. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think it's tough. I, I think I'm going to put the bears um, over uh, yeah. in this, in the maybe column. Um, Cause we still don't have a pick. So I, I'm just going to go ahead and add them to our maybe column. Um, I don't know how you, if you're okay with that or not. Yeah. I, I think put it in there. Uh, we'll, we'll come back to it. Uh, see what we can find here and uh, see if we can find something that's, 
we're both a little more confident in. I think the three, th three things we have written down, I don't think we are confident in uh, whatsoever. Uh, this this might be a day where our mutuals on five is a five $1 bet. So, uh, <laughs> five mutuals on five? Five yes. on five, baby. Uh, five ones on five. <laughs> All right, uh, so uh, next up, a um, little bit of a marquee game, at least a good division battle. Uh, you know, uh, middling teams, I'd say, uh, but the Pittsburgh Steelers go to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, three and a half point favorites for the Cleveland Browns. Baker Mayfield is going to play in this game. Uh, 42 is the over-under. Two and a half is the first half line for the Cleveland Browns. Over-under is uh, 21 in this one. So I mentioned uh, Baker Mayfield's going to be back. Uh, that being said, does that impact your feeling towards the Cleveland Browns? Uh, you know, what is your feel about the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers? They're mostly healthy. Uh, they're coming off uh, the uh, bye that, and the week before the uh Overtime win over Seattle at home, uh, which I think uh, should count as a loss for both teams, or at least a loss for us for having to watch that uh, awful game here. I, I lean a little bit Steelers here just because I think this is going to be a field goal game, and I think the value is uh, in getting points in this one, especially off the key number of three. It goes to three and a half, uh, but I, I can't really force a big sell uh, from what we've seen from the Pittsburgh Steelers offense here. You know, you look at Pittsburgh and they're racking up wins. You know, I don't think they're that good of a football team. I think they've, you know, managed to squeak certain wins out of certain games. Uh, as you mentioned, like that Seattle game, for example, you know, where Seattle was banged up, they were hurt, you know, they were playing in prime time, uh, but they were dealing with a bunch of issues and Pittsburgh came in there and, barely pull off a win. Um, and I think that we fall back to the days of the old Pittsburgh Steelers, the glory days, and we see the wins and we automatically connect to that type of Steelers team. And that's not what they are. They really aren't as good as the record uh, is. And this is coming from a guy who was a huge supporter of the Steelers last season. Um, but I just don't think that they're as good as, as their record stays. Uh, now you're talking about a divisional opponent here with the Browns. Uh, and possibly Baker Mayfield coming back. I think that probably hurts the Browns more than it, it helps them. Um, now, I heard this via NFL Network. Um, they were talking about Baker Mayfield and how this is basically a uh, contract year for him. Yeah. So when he, when he saw the type of performance that Keenan put up last week, uh, it kind of lit a fire in him to, I'm going to get in this game one way or another. And I think that's detrimental to this team. I've said it time and time and time before. This team is at its best when Baker Mayfield doesn't have to do much. When they focus on the run game, play good defense, and then they can put the ball in his hand and have him make plays. That's when this team is at its best. Now, a Baker Mayfield that's coming in there all gung-ho with the mentality of, I got to secure my job. I think it's a little bit reckless. I think it's a little bit dangerous going up against a Steelers defense that can make your night living hell pretty much. Um, it gives me a little bit of pause. If I knew for a fact that Case Keenum was playing in this game, I might lean a little more towards the Browns, especially the way he protected the ball last week in the key situations. I might lean a little more towards the Browns, but 
as it stands right now with Baker, I don't know. And I don't like the Steelers enough to warrant me actually feeling comfortable taking them. Yeah. I, I think that's what I was going to ask you here. You know, matchup wise, uh, these teams are somewhat similar. Cleveland's offense is a little bit better. Uh, DVOA wise, 16 to six, uh, Cleveland is the sixth ranked team, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is 16. Uh, offensively, Pittsburgh 22, of course, but Cleveland's defense sits right in the middle at 15. Cleveland's offense is 6, but Pittsburgh's defense is 9. I, I don't think there's a ton separating these teams. Now, uh, Nick Chubb did practice today, so the thought is that Nick Chubb will be back. Uh, Jarvis Landry uh, was back last week. Uh, we don't know about Odell. I, I don't really even factor that into my you know, analysis anymore. He, he's pretty much useless as it is, uh, other than, you know, diving for a ball that you can't catch and limping off or holding some sort of body part. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that you said the most important question. I think Cleveland is probably the better team, but would you trust Cleveland minus three and a half? You have to take the three-and-a-half points in this one. So do you trust Cleveland as a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game? You know, I, I trust them to win the game. I trust them to be able to pull it off. Uh, this could definitely be a tight one. You know, it could be a dogfight. And if it comes down to a dogfight, I, I I can't see be see this being more than a three-point game, uh, which at that point, three and a half, minus three-and-a-half, you're already losing that half point uh, to begin with. So I don't know. Uh, you would have to sell me on either way. So, <laughs> yeah. The other thing is uh, Cleveland is, uh, you know, uh, last year swept uh, the Steelers uh, in two games there, you know, uh, winning 48 37. I don't think we're getting that uh, uh, game. <laughs> if we do, uh, something has gone vitally uh, wrong. Uh, and uh, they probably need to drug test uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, for a huge uh, performance enhancing uh, uh, supplement there. And then uh, 22 uh, 24 in uh, the game last year. So uh, two games last year, Cleveland won both those. I think Cleveland has been the better team of late, uh, but you said it. I'm not trusting Cleveland as a three-and-a-half-point favorite here, especially what we've seen the last couple weeks from Cleveland. Uh, now, look, maybe they get off, they get this win, start to look better, and I'll have more faith in them going on. Uh, but the last couple weeks, I just have no faith on them. I think the play is probably Pittsburgh here, but I'm not real bullish on it. Well, I guess where Pittsburgh plus three and a half is going in our maybe column. <laughs> in our maybe column, lot of maybe columns uh, uh, so far. Uh, this one, next one, uh, will not help uh, <laughs> your matters uh, really uh, at all. Um, we got the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. Um, Detroit Lions is getting three and a half points at home. I will say initially I saw this number and uh, sort of wanted the Lions, but uh, then I, I recall two weeks ago when I wanted the Lions as uh, home dogs and uh, proceeded to <laughs> get waxed uh, 27 nothing by the Bengals. I do think they tacked on some cheap points at the end. Uh, but anyway, it was not close. Um, three and a half point spread for the Philadelphia Eagles at the Detroit Lions. 48 is the over-under on this one. 
two-and-a-half-point favorites for the Philadelphia Eagles in the uh, first half, 24 on the over-under here. You know, uh, I like I said, I wanted Detroit. A couple things start to bother me here. One, I think they put tremendous, tremendous energy and effort into trying to win that Rams game last week. Uh, did not get it. Now they come home. They play an Eagles team who also is uh, extremely poor. Uh, so it would be a little bit harder uh, to get, you know, re-pumped up, re-energized. You know, they probably should have saved all those tricks and go for broke in a game versus the Eagles uh, than in a game versus the Rams if they really wanted to win games here. Uh, But, you know, that would be my take. I think the Eagles are really, really bad, and I think they're pretty much ready to pack up chop, take their three first-round picks, uh, two of which could possibly be in the top five, and uh, start looking towards next year. Uh, So what's your feel on this game? Uh, You've had a little bit of uh, love for the Lions, too. It uh, has cost us both uh, numerous times, but uh, occasionally they pop up and play a close one. I don't know if this is one they play a close one, though, because they put so much energy in that game last week. Yeah, well, first of all, let me just, uh, for the record, the Lions weren't going all out with that, you know, in that Rams game for a win. <laughs> they don't care about wins. Uh, they care. They cared about making a statement versus their former quarterbacks uh, respect and former team, respectively. Um, so, yeah, they, they expended a lot of energy. They expended a lot of, you know, plays out of their playbook. They pulled a lot out of their, you know, their secret stash, uh, so to speak. And they came up short still. Now they got a little banged up. Also, I believe uh, Hawkinson got a little banged up last yes, last week. Yes, he did. Um, uh, Hawkinson's uh, currently uh, he's not listed on the uh, injury list. I'll look out uh, if he practiced today. If you give me a second, um, but uh, once again, a, a couple of the uh, you know corners. Uh, two of them are listed as questionable, so they might be able to play this week who have been out a couple weeks. I don't quite know how much that affects, you know, Philadelphia who can't pass or run the ball and decided to totally just not run the ball. Why? With a running quarterback and Miles Sanders on your team, I don't know. Uh, but uh, that's probably part of the reason why I, I think Detroit is a play here. But uh, I, I just... I, Listen, I, uh, let me hold on, let me let me try my best to stop you before you keep going, because right before I got into my little speech here, I was like, "There's no way that I'm feeling Detroit." I think the Eagles are a smarter play here, and maybe the Eagles in the first half. And I'm going through all these thought processes in my head, and, and then you start talking about uh, Miles Sanders and 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 Hurts, and they can't run the ball. And then I'm start thinking about that defense and how poorly it's been playing. That pass rush can't get to anybody. And I'm sitting there thinking, hmm, if Hawkinson plays, maybe they can pull this one off. But, you know, you're talk, you're trying to talk you back into taking the Detroit Lions here, the yeah. winless Lions. Uh, and it's not like they're getting a ton of points either. But uh, did, catch I have you up a feeling on the Hawkinson thing. Uh, not listed on the injury report, uh, which is the first time he hadn't been listed on it uh, all season long. So I, I'm... I'm guessing he's a go, or it's the other way, and he's really, really hurt, and they're just trying to confuse everybody. So uh, uh, I, I'm assuming well, if he's he a does, go. 
if he doesn't if he doesn't go, it's a huge loss because for the Detroit Lions, their leading the receivers only who can catch are, the ball. <laughs> are a tight end and a running back. These are the leading receivers for the Detroit Lions. Um, but if, if he is a full goal, then that's a huge benefit to these to this uh, Lion team. I just don't know if they have the weapons to be able to uh, pull this out. Uh, you know, this this Eagle team is very hit or miss that we've seen games where they come out and they're firing on all cylinders. Jalen Hurts is scrambling. He's finding guys, you know, open uh, during scramble drills and, you know, Sanders is running like a, like a beast. And then you have games where they do absolutely nothing. Yeah, um, uh, and I don't know which Eagle Vegas was a perfect example. Yeah. And I, I don't know which Eagle team we're getting. Um, I guess if I had to, I would take points at home with the Lions here, but, that's such a risky play. Well, I, I was going to ask you this. Uh, since I'm on the Lions side, is there any way you can sell me on the uh, Eagles uh, on the road as three-and-a-half-point favorites uh, here other than uh, they played a good opening day game versus Atlanta? Yeah, which is not that good. Uh, I, I can't, honestly. I, I can't I can't really sell you for on the Eagles side. Um, I, I wish I had something on my sleeve here to kind of – try to balance things out, but I think Lions is going to be our first one. All right. Uh, so uh, I probably shouldn't have looked this up. Granted, it, it's not a huge factor, uh, but head-to-head uh, -head in 2019, 16, and 15, the Eagles and the Lions have played uh, three times. Um, the Lions have won once. The Eagles have won twice. Uh, the most recent one, 2019. Lions won 27-24. Uh, uh, so uh, that probably was some disappointing Carson Wentz uh, performance or whoever was the backup. <laughs> no, it was a disappointing Carson Wentz performance. <laughs> yeah, and, and it was probably a, this is the Matthew Stafford that we all thought we were going to get. Yeah. Uh, no, it was a disappointing Matthew Stafford performance. I think this was just a bad football game. <laughs> I'm looking you know, at it now. Based off the score, uh, based off the score, I wouldn't have guessed it. Uh, Matthew Stafford, 18 for 32, 200 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Wentz, 19 for 36, 259 and two touchdowns. So uh, nobody was all that efficient uh, in that game. Uh, oh, Marvin Jones uh, had a really big game. Six catches, 101 yards, and a touchdown. So, uh, bully to Marvin Jones uh, in that one. So I'm I assuming we're taking we the can, lines here? I don't think we can uh, factor head-to-head -head in 2019, considering uh, basically none of those players are still on either of those teams' <laughs> rosters. Uh, <laughs> completely different squads. Uh I don't know. Uh, I, I guess we can put Detroit down, but uh, I, I'd probably bury it way, way down there. Would you rather have them in the maybe column for now? Yeah, maybe column. Uh, okay. I, I just I don't want to go through that torturous experience, especially if it's seventeen nothing in the first ten minutes of the game. But it's okay. It's the Lions. They'll make a comeback out of it. Yes, I know, but I. I will have to put that on one of my TVs. Therefore, I will have to watch it. And then Tuesday when we do the recaps show, I will be angry because I spent three hours of my life watching Eagles-Lions. It can't be that bad. Come on now. 
<laughs> Fine. I, I will see you Sunday. Uh, you uh, will be destined to watch Eagles-Lions on the TV. Uh, you can mix that in with your Rams-Texans uh, as well. Those both should be really barn burner of games. <laughs> Listen, you might be surprised. The, the Texans might make this a game, might make a game out of this. So one. with uh, the way the Rams are going, I I think they're going to sell off everyone but Stafford, uh, Cup, <laughs> Ramsey, and Donald. Uh, so don't don't get me started until we get to that game. <laughs> All right, uh, next up, uh, this is probably uh, easily uh, the best game of the week. Tennessee Titans at the Indianapolis Colts. Indianapolis Colts, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, you know, I am going to try to sell you on this one. Uh, this will be the first Let's, one. I, before a, you do. Uh, a little before you do. bullish on. I, sorry, I keep cutting you off. I, I just, before you try to sell me on this, I, I just say, yo, that you might not have to sell me. I might have already been sold, but I don't know which way you're leaning, so let's hear it. All right, so I'm going to try to sell you on our first uh, mutual here. This one, I'm I'm leaning pretty big Colts. You see that two-and-a-half-point number? Everybody's going to be like, well, the Titans are coming off big wins versus Buffalo and the Chiefs. And, yes, they are. And they've been very, very much, much better of late. But, you know, as the NFL pertains, everything could be vastly, vastly different. If Josh Allen doesn't slip on that fourth down play, in goes Buffalo, in goes Buffalo for a win there. Uh, so they don't have that win. And as per our conversation on Tuesday, I don't think either of us are really bullish on the Chiefs even making the playoffs. So while it looks like a pretty fancy win over the last couple of seasons... I don't think the Chiefs is all that impressive of a win. Uh, so, yes, Tennessee looks like the team here, but I think the Colts are the one who have been playing better football. You saw that win in San Francisco uh, in that monsoon of a storm. I mean, they could have packed up shop uh, into that game on a gross Monday night on the road in a non-conference you know, uh, conference division matchup and painted it, no. They went in there and wanted the win. Wentz has been pretty solid uh, playing quarterback for three weeks. They've gotten their running game going. They've gotten their offensive line back, and that defense has stepped up the last couple weeks too. This is more the Colts team that we saw at the end of last year uh, than at the uh, beginning of this year. I think the Colts are finding their form. I think they're going to end up pushing the Titans for this division. I don't know if they're going to win this division, but I think they'll push the Titans for this division here. And to do that, this is a must-win game for the Colts because they already lost to the Titans earlier in the season. Uh, I think we reiterated it on Tuesday. Why the hell are these two teams playing, uh, you know, two of the first seven weeks of the season, uh, you know, when they have Jacksonville and Houston in there. But uh, needless to say, I think the Colts, this is a must-win game. I think they're going to throw the sink at it. I think Tennessee will regress a little bit here after two big uh, wins in a row here. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we had to look at not necessarily statistically speaking, but just with the OI ball test, I would probably say that this is probably the toughest defense that they're going to face off over the last three weeks. Um, Buffalo's got a really good defense, don't get me wrong, but I, I think I trust the Indianapolis Colts defense just because of how good they were last season, and some of those players are still there. Um, but I do 
I, I told I kind of had a feeling you're going to lean this way because that's the way I was leaning. Also, uh, I know that the Colts weren't favored last week. Everybody thought the Niners were going to be able to pull that one off, and uh, I was one of the few people who actually took them to win that game. And you know, as you mentioned, they could have easily just called it a game. You know, bad weather on the road. Uh, you know, you've got all the excuses in the world already basically built in with you know all the issues you've had so far this season. But they played. They were tough, and, and they hung in there, and they pulled off the win. So you got to give them credit for that. And as you mentioned, Wentz has been playing really good quarterback for the last couple of weeks. He's done exactly what he has to do, his job, which is getting his team in the right position to win games. They have been relying on that running game, which is, as I continue to say, the strongest asset for that Indianapolis Colts team. Um, and I think this is going to be a really tight one. But as you mentioned, it's a far more important game for the Colts than it is for the Titans. Titans are coming off of a couple of wins. Uh, they're probably feeling really good about it, and, and it's probably the right type of one for a letdown for them. Um, this division, I, th I think it's going to get closer as it progresses towards the end of it. Uh, you know, who's going to win this division? We've had, if I'm not mistaken, a different winner each season over the last couple of years for this division. Um, last year it was the Titans. Uh, yes. It, you know, it could happen again this year that we could have another switch of the, uh, uh, of, you know, who the top dog is in this division. I, I don't know. Uh, obviously the Colts have a lot more work to do to get to that point, but for this particular matchup, I kind of like the Colts here. Yeah. Uh, me too. And then you look at the DVOA numbers, uh, overall and yes, you know, the Titans have that, you know, terrible, uh, you know, uh, jets loss, uh, you know, hammering down uh, their numbers. But overall, uh, in total DVOA, Indianapolis is actually the 15th-ranked team. Tennessee is the 20th-ranked team. Offensively, Tennessee ranks 13th in total DVOA. Indianapolis ranks 17th offensively in total DVOA. Defensively, Indianapolis ranks 12th in total DVOA. Tennessee ranks 22nd in total DVOA. So actually, by the numbers, uh, the Colts have been the better team this year. They've had to play more difficult teams. They don't have a terrible loss to the Jets uh, on their schedule. And that, uh, you know, horrifying showing uh, the opening week versus the Cardinals where, you know, the Titans got stomped. But... Uh, you know, even in that game versus Seattle that Tennessee got the win in, uh, I mean, if you look at those numbers, Seattle dominated that game. Uh, they just, you know, melted in that second half, and Tennessee, you know, got that win. Uh, it counts as a win for Tennessee, but it doesn't look overall uh, on your numbers all that well. So, you know, Indianapolis by the numbers is, you know, the better team here, which is, I think, why, uh, you know, spread-wise, uh, they're the favored team here. So, uh, and, you know, if you look at uh, football outsiders spread number, uh, the number should actually be four uh, for the Colts. So I, I think there's value there at the minus two and a half, though, uh, you know, if you look at it in your first look, why are the Titans getting plus? Uh, but I think if you think about it, I, I think that's numbers pretty good for the Colts at minus two and a half. Well, you know, as you mentioned, the, the Colts are at home, first of all. So that, that, that already gives you an edge. Uh, even though the Titans are coming off of a really, you know, impressive win, uh, last two wins actually quite impressive, uh, especially that Buffalo one. Even with all that, you're still talking about divisional opponent, divisional rivals. You know, guys that both teams that have basically been, you know, back and forth between taking over that division. And I understand why the spread is what it is. Uh, I actually think that this could be a complete running matchup between both teams. I think Derrick Henry. Uh, you know, might have a good game, but but I think he 
has a potential to, to actually get slowed down a bit. This Colts team knows the way he likes to run the ball. They know their blocking schemes to a degree. Um, and I don't want to, you know, upset people by thinking that we're taken away from Tennessee and the wins that they've pulled off. You know, we know that our colleague Dynamite is already con- said, he's already said that they're going to go undefeated the rest of the season all the way to the Super Bowl. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. But well, uh, we um, must say it's work. Everybody has broken out the Super Bowl shirts for the Tennessee Titans. I, I didn't oh, know yeah. the store was filled with uh, so many Titans fans all of a sudden. Uh, two oh. wins versus the top two teams last year, and all of a sudden we're throwing a parade in Nashville. Well, you have to understand, when the Vols get smashed by the by Alabama, uh, the Titans shirts are going to start coming out. Uh, but – even with all that, I'm not going to take anything away from Tennessee. They, they've managed to pull off wins. Now, they might not be against teams that I think are really good, uh, like the Seahawks and uh, who else have they beat? But the point is, I, I think this is a tough matchup between divisional rivals that I think I like the way the Colts have been playing slightly better um, versus the competition they faced off against. So uh, I'm going to give the edge to the Colts here. Uh, I'm taking them individually. I don't know if you want me to put you down for individually as well, but I've got them down pretty much written down in our mutuals uh, Colts minus two and a half. Yeah, definitely. So let's put the Colts down as our first mutual. Uh, and the other thing, a little bit of a hidden thing, uh, blossom game, uh, the fullback uh, for the Titans, one of the few teams that uh, sort of uh, still uh plays a full-time fullback, will be out in this game. So I I think that affects their running game just a little bit. I know, you know, uh, nobody born past 1996 even knows what a fullback position is. What's a fullback? (laughs) It is. uh, You know, all they see is four wide and some slot back uh, leaking out the backfield to catch a pass. Uh, Thanks, Pats, and the Colts for that matter. But uh, anyway, uh, I think that might play a little bit of a factor as well. Uh, You know, you don't have uh, Derrick Henry's uh, lead battering ram in there to help open up holes quite as much. So uh, I... Which, to be fair, to, to be fair, he doesn't always need a fullback. No. But having one is definitely a big help. Yeah, it just puts an extra blocker in there to, uh, you know, blow holes up and uh, get him going uh, so he can find his lane. All right. Uh, I'm going to say something I don't think I ever thought I would say this season, but uh, the Cincinnati Bengals go on the road and are 10-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. Um I don't think this was in our preseason preview. I, I don't remember, but I, I don't recall us going, I think the Bengals are going to be a double-digit favorites on the road uh, this season. But uh, 10.5 points over the New York Jets. Uh, 43 is the over-under. First half is 6.5 points uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Over-under sits at 21.5. Uh, I, I, I like this Bengals team. I, I, I'm beginning to become a Bengals fan. We might have to break out like the Carl Pickens jersey here in the next couple weeks. But uh, even without Zach Wilson, Mike White is going to start. Uh, Hopefully we see no Joe Flacco. Uh, My life will be uh, much, much better. Uh, Corey Davis is also probably going to be out. Um, I don't know if I have the uh, stones, though I probably should have the stones. Uh, here in this matchup with a backup quarterback, uh, not without their best receiver, and the way the uh, 
Jets have been playing uh, to ride this uh, Cincinnati Bengals ride. But uh, ten and a half uh, seems a tad much for me. Uh, where are you sitting on this one? You know, listen, we've been talking the, the Bengals up for the last four or five weeks. We keep talking about how impressive they look and even defeat, you know, when they lost games, we've talked about how impressive they look. And all I've heard over this past week is the Bengals are a team to keep an eye on. Yeah. We've been saying that for five weeks now. Um, and even with all that being said, with as much as we like them, as much as we think they're a very explosive team and all that, it, it does give me a little bit of pause at, at 10 and a half. It seems like a very large spread for such a young team, as good as they are and as bad as the Jets are. As you mentioned, they're dealing with injuries and all that. But I was looking at even that halftime stat. Even that halftime stat seems a little high for me. What was it, seven and a half, I think? Yes. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that halftime line should be maybe three or two, two and a half or three points. Um, now, maybe the injuries have something to do with this with the spread, but – I don't know. This might be a game that I, I'll have to take, but I could also see Joe Flacco coming in and just uh, shutting everyone completely down as he leads the Jets to a victory um, when everyone was starting to, you know, drink the Kool-Aid of the Bengals. Um, I think the Bengals are a really good team, and I think that they're going to be good for, you know, for a lot of years going forward. But at 10 and a half, I, I just don't know how comfortable I feel taking them as a road favorite. Yeah, uh, well, you mentioned the uh, half, and, and it's a little bloated uh, because I talked about it a little on Tuesday. Uh, the Jets uh, in the first quarter uh, so far are 41-0 to zero, uh, overall in for first quarter scoring, meaning uh, they've been beat 41 nothing in the first quarter. Uh, in the second and in the first half, it is, uh, I believe, 72-14 to 14, uh, was the last number uh, I, I got. Uh, so they've been a terrible first-half team. Uh, the numbers back that up. Uh, the Jets offensively in the first half uh, ranked number 32 in DVOA, uh, which uh, for people who don't know, there are 32 teams uh, in the NFL. 32 means last. Uh, so you think maybe this Jets defense is okay, uh, but their first half DVOA for defense is 31. Uh, so they've just been terrible first half team. I would uh, look a little bit at Cincinnati in the first half. The problem is, uh, you know, Cincinnati's offense in the first half has been, you know, 24. They've been a, a much better offense in the second half as they sort of uh, – wear teams down with that uh, two-man running game and their fast-paced offense, uh, you know. So they've been a better second-half team. Maybe the play is I don't like that half point. I, I think that half point sort of makes it shaky, even as bad as the Jets have been, uh, you know, in the first half so far. Uh, defensively, uh, you know, they've been about uh, the same. Uh, first half defense, uh, 11 for Cincinnati. Uh, second half defense uh, has been uh, four. So, uh, you know, they've just been a good defensive team overall. I, I just – I. The play is to probably take it and just ride the Jets getting blown out, the 10-and-a-half or the uh, six-and-a-half for the first half here. I probably would ride that six-and-a-half first half is, would be my best bet, uh, just playing the trend that the Jets have been god-awful in that first half. You see, and, and the obviously the numbers speak for themselves when it comes to either that first half or the full game. I would feel more comfortable with the full game. 
I feel like there's definitely a, a possibility for the for the Bengals to blow the Jets out, but I think it's going to take you know the entire course of an NFL football game for it to come into fruition. Um, so that first half does scare me a little bit, but. I mean, if, if you Why feel comfortable put, with that. Uh, both down, put the ten and a half down and put the first half six and a half down and uh, just uh, we'll grab it if we need to as we uh, go through the rest of these games here. We, we still got okay. a decent uh, uh, list here. Though uh, we're uh, talking about these games a lot and <laughs> not coming up. We're doing a lot of in-depth analysis uh, with no <laughs> results. <laughs> We're like a bad professor just collecting grants at our college with no results. That's how we do it, baby. Tenure. <laughs> Tenure. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the next game. Uh, we brought it up a little bit. The, the Los Angeles Rams go to the Houston Texans, 15 and a half points. I don't know if I've ever seen a team be a triple-digit road favorite three weeks in a row. Uh, I, I don't know if that speaks to the Rams' greatness or the – just uh, overall poorness of uh, the teams they've played in the last uh, couple weeks. But uh, I think it's a ladder. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the main thing here is, uh, you know, not overall the game. I don't think we need to speak to uh, that much analysis in this one. Uh, the Rams are going to win. It, if they feel like covering, they'll cover. If they don't feel like covering, they aren't. Uh, the Houston Texans are in full tank mode. Uh, Mark Ingram got traded earlier this week back to the Saints. Uh, we'll come back to that a little bit later. But I think the more concerning thing is the Rams. Uh, you know, they, they've they granted Deshaun Jackson's trade request uh, this week, or, you know, uh, they just wanted to get him off the roster because of his salary. Uh, we talked about it at work today with Young uh, basically being just dumped off the team because they want to get the rookie reps because they don't want to pay his salary. I'm curious about your feel and this overall vibe uh, with the Rams right now as they're just trying to sort of balance these books out. Uh, you know, we knew it would come to fruition like this with the way they built the team, but I think at the start we thought there might be a two-year window here. I'm beginning to think this window is this year uh, or it's – probably they're going to just have to sell more and more pieces and they just won't have the depth uh, to contend with these other teams in the NFL. Okay. Now uh, I'm probably going to catch a lot of flack for this, but it doesn't matter what I support, whether it be, you know, a football team, a sports, a soccer team, whatever, it doesn't matter what it is, even if I support them and I don't think that, you know, something's right or that something's wrong for that matter. I'm not one that's going to go just based off whatever's going to make everybody feel right. Uh, I'm honest about the things I say, and I never try to sugarcoat things or try to, um, you know, be biased here. But I will say uh, in this situation, I have no clue what the Rams are thinking here. You know, you look at a guy like Kenny Young, as you mentioned, who's been playing not lights out, but he's been playing pretty good he's over the last few weeks. He's a plug, uh, you know, roster guy. That's that. That's a middle of the road uh, to high middle of the road level, uh, you know, linebacker that they need to feel depth on that team. You're putting a rookie in that situation. Yes, he's played well, but you're going to throw him into high leverage situations in the playoffs. Are you telling me the Bucks 
are, aren't going to see that and pick that apart or, you know, the Cardinals or the Packers. You think Aaron Rodgers isn't going to notice a rookie linebacker, you know, playing in the middle of the field in a playoff game? It it, it just seems dangerous to me. Yeah, and this, as you mentioned, you, you said that there was a possibility where this is just a one-year window. Now, I hope not. Uh, I think that this uh, front office could come up with a plan where – you can add death for a lot cheaper uh, than you currently sit out right now. Now I know it's going to be hard, but I, I still think that window is kind of there, um, it, but it's definitely shrinking as it goes on. I don't understand getting rid of Kenny Young for what they got. What was it? A, a fifth or sixth round pick. Yeah, I, I don't nothing. see, I don't see the value in it. You know, if you're a team that's trying to make a push, I understand that, you know, you're trying to clear cap space and all that. And I, I get all that, but you're trying to make a push. This is your push. You can't start sending off assets and getting nothing in return, you know, while you're trying to make this push. You know, if things don't work out, that's when you start making these moves. Uh, it, it seems a little premature to me. And as I mentioned to you earlier, yes, the record looks good. And, and we all think about the Rams as being a really good team. But in reality, they haven't really played a lot of tough teams. One of the toughest games that they played was against the Cardinals, and they lost that game. Um, you know, yes, they beat the Bucks, but they've also beat – the Giants, they've beat um, the Lions. And it's the resume is not as impressive as some of the other teams with top tier records here. So I'm not going to go out on a limb here and say that, oh, the Rams are the best team because I haven't seen the best team yet. Uh, and their defense has not been performing up to the level that we expect the Rams defense to be performing to. So, yes, I'm going to catch a lot of flack, but uh, I think that there's definitely some trouble brewing here. And if I'm a Rams fan, which I am, I'm starting to get a little concerned. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's not moves that necessarily bump you out of, you know, Super Bowl contention. I, I think, you know, even with these moves, the Rams are one of three, four, five teams that you really rate high as a team that could make the Super Bowl. But now, what if that rookie gets injured? Now you're going to the third spot on that depth chart, you know. It's just little moves like that. And then, you know, the Deshaun Jackson thing doesn't, you know, necessarily hurt them all that much. But why did you sign him uh, to said salary with that $2 million bonus if then you get a, a little penny pinching and just want to let him go? I, I don't understand that. You probably could have just drafted, you know, a rookie or signed a a free agent, you know, an undrafted free agent who, you know, has blazing speed and can run a straight line uh, for nothing, uh, then waste that money. Uh, it just seems confusing would be the probably term I'd use more than anything. Yeah, definitely so. Uh, but listen, not to get too far away from our original point when it came to talking about these teams, um, the Rams at minus 15 and a half. You, as you mentioned, wrote, uh, they've been double-digit favorites three weeks in a row, and a lot of it has to do with teams that they're facing off against. Uh, they're going up against that banged-up uh, Texans team that's probably throwing them in the towel. As you mentioned, they're starting to get rid of assets also. It's a bit of a fire sell there. Well, they you are know, trying to get to the Super Bowl, so I understand that. Yeah, that would make sense. <laughs> that one makes more sense. Um, but this, uh, you know, this matchup, I know it sounds crazy, but I, I like – I'm not going to suggest anyone take it, but I, I like the 15-and-a-half point spread as opposed to that first-half spread. I, I think you get more value as the game progresses. 
um, as opposed to that first half, which sits at what seven and a half, eight and a half. Uh, the first half spread is uh, eight points. Yeah, I, I I feel more comfortable taking a fifteen and a half point spread for the whole game than I would an eight point half uh, spread for the first half. Yeah, uh, this is one. Uh, I, you know, I talked about it earlier where I, I'd rather take the alternate spread and uh, you know bump this thing up to like seventeen and. and take a little bit of plus back than take that 14 on even money just because I think if this is going to be a blowout it's going to be a blowout you know the 14 the 17 the 20 isn't really going to factor if the 14 is factoring and they're in and around that they probably aren't going to cover it because they probably aren't going to be trying at the back end of the game and the Texans are going to be trying to, you know, put in cheap points and stats uh, in there. I, I will say first half-wise, uh, you know, I, I don't like the eight because I think you're losing value there, uh, especially since, uh, you know, the spread is uh, 14 and a half. Eight, that, that should be a 16, 17-point spread, which is what I, I think the alternate spread you should probably move it to, uh, especially since they were about 17-point favorites, was it uh, in that Jets game uh, a couple weeks ago, which I think would mm-hmm. probably be about the right number. Uh, first half-wise, the Rams' defense ranks fourth. Houston's offense ranks 28. Uh, the Rams' offense in the first half ranks 10th. Houston's defense actually ranks 13th. Uh, so, And then second half, Rams' offense ranks first. Houston defense ranks 25th. So I think you're right in that play where you're better off just taking the uh, 15 and a half overall. I'm not opposed to taking that 15 and a half. Uh, I, like I said, I probably, uh, for my plays this week, will probably bump this up to a 17 or 20 on an alternate spread and try to get a little plus uh, in there thinking this game's going to be a real, real blowout. Yeah, it definitely seems like a smarter play. But in terms of for our picks for the show, which we can't really alter, uh, what are you thinking here? I I, I wouldn't be opposed uh, to putting this down as our, our second mutual. Um, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, six games to go. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure two of those are a cross off, uh, definitely, and. Uh, it's possible I try to convince you <laughs> on a really bad one on one. Uh, I don't know if I'll be able to push my way. I, I, I already know what it is. <laughs> uh, I, now, listen, I may be wrong, but I, I got a pretty good feeling. I Does think it have I... anything to do with Monday Night Football? Oh, all right. Uh, anyway, uh, so let's write the Rams the down. It's our second mutual here. Uh, you sure? Yeah, let's. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think this will be a blowout. The Texans' offense won't have the ability to really stretch it uh, now that Mark Ingram's gone, who basically was their leading <laughs> touch person on offense. Uh, I, the Texans are done for this season. Uh, and I think the Rams sort of go hot and cold. Uh, they were cold last week versus the Lions. They'll be hot this week and run up the score uh, this week versus the Texans. All right, uh, next up, New England Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers. Four-point spread. Chargers coming off a bye in this one at home. Uh, Patriots coming off that uh, big win over the uh, Jets here. Uh, you know, my feel here is to grab this Chargers at minus four. I don't love the number. I like it a little better sitting at that key number of three, three and a half, especially uh, with the uh, run defense that we've seen the Chargers have. Uh, But 
you know, once again, I think New England is a bit overvalued here. Uh, their defense, while it was has been capable of shutting down the Jets uh, twice, it, it really hasn't shut down anybody else. Uh, you have the Chargers coming off that bad loss to the Baltimore then coming off a bye, I think their offense is going to be flowing here and, and really put up a lot of points here. I, I think the chance for a blowout really sits here uh, with the Los Angeles Chargers. I think there's a big gap between Chargers and Pats here. Uh, but I'm curious your thoughts on this game. I do see the reverse side of this where the Pats just run the ball and the Chargers all game. They never get the ball. The time of possession stats have been awful for the Chargers. But I think that offense will be so efficient, uh, they'll light these Pats up. Yeah, no, normally I would say that this is the type of game where Bill Belichick goes run heavy. Uh, you know, he's a really smart coach. We all know that by now. Um, and he puts together really good game plans. We've seen him do it before, even when Tom Brady was under him, uh, where he would just completely run the ball all game long because he knew how poor that run defense he was facing off against actually was. Um, but I don't think he has the ability to be able to do that so much. Now, they do have a couple of good things going for them. Um the, the Patriots have been winning games and their quarterback has been gaining confidence. Now, mind you, this has been against some pretty rough teams, pretty rough uh, defenses, but it doesn't change the fact that the kid's winning games. He's, throw, you know, they, they let loose a little bit last week. They kind of opened up the playbook, let him throw the ball a little bit more, which I actually like. I think that this is a better way for him to progress is to gain that confidence to go out there and make plays. Um, but uh, this Chargers defense, this Chargers team, I just think it's much better than this Patriots team. I, I think it's it's not even close. And you take into account the fact that the Chargers are coming off of a loss versus one of the top teams in the AFC. Um, so they're probably fired up about that. Then they've had a whole extra week to game plan against this Bill Belichick, you know, uh, rookie quarterback. And, and yes, the defense can play good at times, but it's been against a poor team. So I'm not putting too much emphasis on that Bill Belichick defense to make plays here. I think that the Chargers have potential to win this one, and, and I think they have potential to make it an easy win also. So uh, I already have the Chargers written down for myself at minus four. I think this is probably our third one. Yeah, let's put the uh, Chargers down at minus four. Uh, is there any worry? Uh, you know, Patriots just uh, possess the ball too much, and the Chargers, you know, can't get enough of the ball to uh, score here, and this becomes a close game, uh, you know, field goal-wise? A little bit, but I think that even as as much as, as time possession could be heavily on the side of the Patriots, but I think that Chargers offense is so explosive that all they really need is a few plays to either Mike Williams or, uh, you know, and, and I, I think it'll play a factor into it. I think New England will try to control the, the clock, but I don't think it matters much to the Chargers because they've shown it pretty much all season long with a couple of plays, they can get into the end zone. So I don't think they're too concerned about time of possession right now. Yeah. Uh, I think the two uh, Allen and Williams match up on the uh, Pats corners. Also uh, a little bit of a mismatch, especially on size here. So I think uh, the uh, Chargers will be able to take advantage of the uh, Pats here. All right. So we got three down uh, with uh, six games to go. Uh, let's go Jacksonville Jaguars at the Seattle Seahawks. The uh, Seahawks are three and a half point favorites here. Total sits at 44. First half sits at two and a half. And the uh, first half total sits at 21. I said I was going to try to convince you on one. Jacksonville. This is the one I'm going to try to convince you on. 
We have been fairly successful in taking the Seahawks the last couple of weeks with Geno Smith as the quarterback, uh, basically because they've been getting a lot of points here, points that they probably shouldn't get. I think things reverse back around here when the Seattle Seahawks are favored by three and a half points. I think their season's pretty much over. Everybody knows that. Uh, the Seattle defense does not seem to be coming around all that much. The Seattle offense, while very good early, just is not the same under uh, Geno Smith. They're on a short week. Jacksonville's coming off a bye, coming off their first win of the season. I think the Jags spring this upset in Seattle and really uh, sort of puts the nail in the coffin in the Seattle Seahawks this week. If you look at the Jacksonville offense week by week, it's getting better. Trevor Lawrence is getting better. I think this is Trevor Lawrence's big breakout game. I'm heavy on the Trevor Lawrence uh, stock here in this game. I like Jacksonville in this one. What say you? Now, I really didn't have a feeling going into this game either way. I had no way of handicapping this. Uh, as you mentioned, we've had a little bit of luck with this Seattle team uh, over the last couple of weeks. But I think that the dynamic of that team is starting to fade out a little bit the longer Russell Wilson is out. Um, you know, you saw Metcalf have have a big play last week, but besides that, he he kind of slowed down as the game progressed. Um, and, and it seems like it, it's hard to really depend on Geno Smith to put a big plays like that. He's not Russell Wilson. You know, even with all that said, I know this Jacksonville team's not that good. And, and yes, they have been playing better, um, especially since the whole incident happened with uh, Coach Myers. Uh, they seem to have really kind of united, and they they the quarterback play has improved. The offensive line protection has gotten a little bit better. The defense seems to get a little more pressure on the opposing team. I, I'm not huge on it, but you've said enough to sell me. That's the theme of this week: is sell me. So you've sold me. So I think we're going to put Jacksonville at plus three and a half down as our fourth pick. I think that's a great idea. Let me tell you about a little game. On December 10th, 2017, the Seattle Seahawks went to the Jacksonville Jaguars. 30-24 Jacksonville Jaguars. Since 2017, the Jacksonville Jaguars are 1-0 and over the Seattle Seahawks. <laughs> I love that set. Please I feel do so not confident look at now. Previous history of any games played uh, past then or their record in Seattle. Uh, but let me tell you about this quarterback named Blake Bortles. 18 of 27, 268 yards and two touchdowns. What a game. <laughs> Leonard Fournette. Who's this running back? Okay, Leonard Fournette. Fournette 24 carries 101 yards and a touchdown. Our man, Marquise Lee, five catches, 65 yards. D.D. Westbrook, five catches, 81 yards, and a touchdown. Those two guys aren't even in the league anymore. You know, you know, you talking about that old Jacksonville team. Whatever happened to Justin Blackman? Uh, he had substance abuse issues and uh, worked his way out of the league. I believe he is clean now and doing uh, motivational speaking uh, circuits at high school. So, uh I think it's good a good him. story, but uh, yes, uh, Justin Blackman, uh, substance abuse issues did not make it. I, I remember, I remember, I wanted him on the Rams so bad. Well, I'm kind of uh, glad it didn't work out now. 
Maybe it would have been a better situation if I had been drafted by Jacksonville. I might have had substance abuse issues as well. Makes sense. <laughs> Though at that point in time, the Rams weren't all that good either. So, <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, basically, I, I sold you all I could sell you that the Jacksonville offense has been getting better week to week. Same with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, but, uh, I mean, you look at these stats. They're a little bit lopsided. But, uh, you know, the Seattle defense is ranked 24th, you know, overall. Yes, the Seattle offense is ranked 7th. But that's based on the first four weeks of the season when Russell Wilson was at quarterback. Uh, it, it has not uh, been that since Geno Smith took over. So, I think there's value there in Jacksonville plus the three and a half, or uh, I'm just insane. So uh, it, it's well, one listen, of the I, other. I, I've already put it down as our fourth mutual pick, but I will tell you, my biggest concern for this game is that 12th man. Well, and you're talking about a young I rookie didn't quarterback. Previously, bring up any Jacksonville Jaguars history at Seattle. Yeah, you know, you're talking about a young rookie quarterback. This has the potential to to flip flop on us, but uh, I'm going to trust you and your in your gut here. We're going to go Jacksonville at plus three and a half. There was a fun game, 24-15, uh, in 2001, uh, that the Seattle Seahawks won. Uh, if you were was Maurice Jones true part of that? Now, can you the the question is, can you tell me the quarterbacks uh, for those two teams in 2001? Uh, I'm going to say. Was Hassel back there? No. Well, yes, he was, but uh, he got replaced. Oh, gosh. Who was he the won backup? a Super Bowl, though he could not pass the ball very well. He won a Super Bowl. He could not... uh... Oh, gosh. Why am I drawing blanks here? Um, did he win with the, with the uh... oh, gosh, with the Ravens? He did win with the Ravens. Uh, geez, I can't. Why can't I think of his name? Trent Dilfer was a quarterback yes, for the Seattle geez. Seahawks, and in very, why can't I think of his name? Very aging, Mark Brunel, the quarterback for the Jacksonville oh, Jaguars. Wow. Okay. Now here's a better one. Can you tell me who the leading running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars was? The Jaguars. Oh gosh. I can't think of a running back at You would that not because Fred Taylor was at New England. Fred Taylor! No, he was out. Elvis Joseph, the pride of Southern. Who? <laughs> Elvis Joseph, the pride of Southern. The college. Oh, gosh. I, I don't think I've ever even region. heard of him. <laughs> you wouldn't. He, he bombed out of the league, but he was a, a little quick scat back who was uh, kind of interesting at the time. Needless to say... Uh, that game probably does not factor too much. Uh, pretty much everybody is out of the league but Tom Brady uh, from that era. So, uh, anyway, uh, we'll move on. We got Jacksonville down uh, for some fun. Uh, next game, um, I don't even know if, if we should even talk about this. I have no way to sell you on either side. Washington football team goes to the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos are favored by three points, over under 44 and a half. Uh, First half, two and a half for the Denver Broncos. Uh, Washington football team, Denver Broncos, first half over under 21 and a half. Uh, I, I think you have to pitch me on a side here because uh, I legit hate both these teams and think they're both terrible. Uh, no one should be favored in this game. The only thing I can think of is there is thin air in Denver. 
See, now prior to the season, we would have looked at this matchup and we would have called this the champ, the champ bowl, because these were two teams that you were high, very high on uh, coming into the season. I turned and, quickly. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Basically, after yeah, week two, I think. Yeah, I can't really sell you on either one of these teams. I think that this is a game that we're just going to completely stay away from. There's no point even trying to sell. Uh, I wouldn't fault anybody for taking either side. I think that this game could go either way, but it's definitely the right type of moment for both teams to get some momentum going. Uh, I think this game is probably a little more important for um, the Broncos than it is for the, the Washington football team, simply because they're starting to really lose ground in that division. And they need to be able to keep up if they're going to try and make the playoffs. But uh, it's getting tough, man. It's getting tough for both of these teams, uh, especially the way some of those teams are playing their divisions. Uh, it's been a lot of improvement within those divisions. And these teams have really taken a step back. So it's really hurting them. Yeah. Uh, if you told me I had to make a pick, I'd probably just go Broncos home minus three because Washington's been so bad. Uh, but the Broncos have been so uh, awful, that uh, I would not want to touch them with minus. I don't want to touch Washington. Uh, they're just going in the tank on the road in Denver. Uh, it, nothing is good on this game. Basically, if you're betting on this game, uh, I, I would advise call, calling the Tennessee red line or whatever Gamblers Anonymous uh, line you have available per your state uh, because no one, no one, not even fans of these two teams should bet on this game. Find some player props you like. Cheer on your favorite players. Do not bet on the spread of this game. Uh, so I think we're going to pass uh, this one by. Uh, get into a little bit better matchup. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, four-and-a-half-point favorites here. Uh, New Orleans Saints, I, I thought, made a great uh, trade. Uh, picking up Mark Ingram. Uh, I like that Ingram-Camara combo. Now you can sort of utilize Camara uh, more in the pass game. You can pound Mark Ingram. He looked like he still had a little bit of life with the Texans here. Uh, this reduces the Jameis load even more. You can be even more. Uh, specific when you choose your spots with him. Um, I love that move for New Orleans. Uh, four and a half at home here. I, I'm going to tell you, I really like the Saints in this one, getting four and a half at home, I, especially uh, with the poor corner play out in Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I'm curious your feel on this one. You know, that was the first thing that came to mind was that secondary for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seems like it's an issue that we've talked about pretty much every single week. If this team keeps winning, and not just winning, they, they keep easily winning games. Um, in situations where you kind of expect the opposing team to be able to put up some sort of fight, they're just not doing much. And I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that this Tampa Bay team is preparing. They're, they're putting together the right game plan for the opposing team. I actually kind of like Tampa Bay a little bit in this one. I, I know that, you know, it's a good trade that New Orleans made, but – I know there's already some chemistry there, but I think it's going to take more than, you know, a couple of days in practice to get the flow going. You're talking about a team that had made Kamara the featured back and not that he's not the featured back anymore, but now you're talking about a little more of a split when you, with carries and situations. Um, I think that if we came to a goal line situation, they'd probably get the ball to Ingram as opposed to Kamara. Um, you know, came to a third third and long situation. I think that Camaro would probably be in the game at that, that point. So 
I think they're going to have to figure this out. And as you mentioned, you still do have, uh, you know, uh, the quarterback in, in New Orleans that has the potential to give you a few turnovers. So I kind of like Tampa Bay this one, even on the road as favorites. Uh, I think they could possibly win this game by at least a touchdown. But in a divisional divisional uh, matchup situation, it's kind of hard to tell. You would probably have to sell me a little more with New Orleans if you wanted to go New Orleans. But I kind of like Tampa here. Yeah, that's all right. I think on occasion we are on dueling sides here. Uh, I, I, I mean, you, you've been right. Tampa Bay has run it up. The other thing I would say that favors uh, New Orleans in this is uh, much like the Rams defense that gave this uh, Tampa Bay problems, this Saints defense probably will give uh, Tom Brady problems. We thought that was going to be the Bears, but uh, that that's my stupidity in trusting the Bears to be consistent uh, from one week uh, to the next. Uh, you know. Also, I, I don't think any of us knew how banged up uh, Mac was. They put him on the injury list, let him go, but uh, somehow he managed to progressively get worse as time uh, went by. And now he's out uh, for this week. Uh, no, uh, you know, Akeem Hicks either in that game. So uh, I, I do think the Saints defense will buck up a little bit here uh, versus uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, once again, Antonio Brown out. Uh, Gronkowski's questionable, but I doubt he will play in this one. So uh, I, I think uh, I'm a little more Saints. You're a little more Bucks. So uh, we'll just uh, move past that one and go on to our next one. Uh, another fun one, uh, the Sunday night game matchup, Dallas Cowboys, uh, Minnesota Vikings. Um, I'm not going to lie to you here. Uh, this hurts my soul a little bit, uh, but I think I'm becoming a little bit of a Minnesota Vikings fan. Uh, oh, gosh. You're I thought you were going to say Cowboys. No. I, I really thought you were going to I already have kissed their ass for uh, the first five weeks of the season, and uh, now I'm becoming a Minnesota Vikings fan. Uh, hell has not frozen over. Uh, I do think it's getting close, though, when I become a fan of the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, but uh, uh, getting, uh, you know, three-point favorites at home, I'm not in love with this spread. I will admit that. I think the value here is probably with Dallas plus the three. Uh, but honestly, I wouldn't touch this game because I think Minnesota kind of sneaky good here. Uh, you know, it, we we judge off that Cincinnati game uh, that they lost opening weekend at Cincinnati. You look back, not that bad a loss, really. Uh, you know, they should have won that Arizona uh, game uh, the, a week later. Uh, that kicker missed a, you know, 30-yard field goal. And then you look at the DVOA numbers. Uh, Minnesota is 12th in DVOA. Their offense ranks 12th. You know, their defense, which was really, really poor to start the season, is up to 6th in total DVOA. Uh, You know, Dallas, offense 3, really, really good. Defense 10. So I think these two teams are a little closer, uh, you know, than we think. Uh, You know, offensively, very similar styles. Dominant running back. Really explosive receivers. Uh, you know, you probably give the uh, nod to Dak at quarterback over, uh, you know, Cousins overall. Though, if you looked at uh, fake numbers, uh, Kurt probably ends up being a lot closer than you think. But uh, I think these two teams are a little more similar than you think. You got the added Minnesota Vikings at home. And I think Dallas is Drew. 
for a little bit of a drop-off here. So my play would not be Minnesota, uh, but I don't think there's value in taking Dallas at the plus three. I'm curious your thoughts on this game. You know, as I showed you early, uh, yesterday, I believe, uh, when I was going through my parlay that I made with that free bet I had, um, I actually was feeling a little confident with Dallas here. And when I took him, I took him at minus two and a half. They currently sit at plus three. Yeah. Now I did hit. I did hear some rumblings that there was a chance Dak Prescott didn't play in this he game. He shows up on the uh, injury report. Uh, he says he's going to play. Uh, Mike McCarthy is doing his fun shell game of we'll see day to day. You know nonsense. I think he'll probably play. I don't know how hurt he is. You know, they said last week he probably wouldn't have played in a game last week. Uh, but that's pretty easy to say uh, when uh, you have a bye. So, you know, I don't really know how hurt he is. But uh, I, I do think he'll play and be fine. So, but, uh, yeah, the flip of the number is really, really interesting. Everybody, uh, like me, sort of thinks this uh, Minnesota team might be actually good. Uh, but, uh I'm curious your side on your Dallas side of things and why you thought Dallas was uh, such a better play here. Well, you know, as you mentioned, both these teams are actually a lot closer than people actually believe. Uh, I, I've given a lot of flack to the Vikings this season so far because I think they've been a bit of a disappointment. You know, you look at all those big names on offense, uh, you cook and, you know, even though he's not a big name, you know, per se, Cousins and you have some nice wide receivers on the outside and they perform pretty poorly to start off the season. Now their play has picked up as the season has gone on and they look a lot better at this moment than they did a couple of weeks ago. But I, I felt so far like they've been a bit of a disappointment. Dallas Cowboys on the other hand, I expected good things from the offense. I expected a lot of the same from the defenses last season. And, and that's been, I think the biggest eye opener for me is the way the defense has been playing. Now they haven't been a shutdown defense. They've been a, a pretty good defense, but they have playmakers on the defense. So I think that's the reason why I leaned more towards Dallas when I was looking at offenses. Both offenses to me are, are pretty much even. You know, you have good offenses on both sides of the, of the field. And then, uh, I'm sorry, offenses. You go to defenses, both defenses are starting to play better at this point in the season. But I feel like Dallas has the playmakers on defense to cause the turnovers and make the big plays, score the touchdowns on defense. So I think if I had to give an edge here, I would lean more towards Dallas for this particular matchup. All right. So we're split on this one, too. Uh, should be an entertaining game. Really excited about this Sunday night one. Uh, should be a, a fun one uh, to watch, uh, too. Uh, the over-under, 52-and-a-half. Uh, that's a big number, Uh any love uh, on that side of things over or under side of uh, uh, love there? You know, I would normally say that I kind of like this game to be a, a big offensive shootout, but the way both of those defenses have been playing, this has a potential for, you know, uh, one of those games where you see Dak and Cousins throw for 300 some odd yards and one touchdown, you know, it, it could, it has the potential to be that type of game, but it also has the potential to be a shootout. So, I'm not. I'm, I don't feel comfortable taking that over under uh, either way because I think this game has the potential to go both ways. So I, I probably won't be touching that. But you know, 
it's it seems like it's gonna be one of the better matchups this this week. Um, there's a couple in there, but to me, this is probably the one I'm keeping my eye on the most. Yeah, the other thing uh, to mention that Dallas is you know bugaboo the last couple of seasons has been red zone, uh, you know offense, and once again, uh, their red zone DVOA ranks 27th on offense. Uh, pass in the red zone for the Dallas Cowboys, 20th, uh, rush 28th. So they've just been a poor team in the red zone, uh, which is what leads to uh, Mike McCarthy having to make coaching decisions. And uh, that's something no one uh, wants to be involved with. Definitely. Don't (laughs) include me in that. All right. uh, Next up, New York Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs, 10-point favorites uh, over-under sits at 52.5 in this one. First half, minus 6, and the over-under sits at 26.5 on this one. All right. So, Chiefs, 10-point favorites. Can I sell you on... The New York football giants. I know you were a big fan coming in from the preseason. Off of a big win from Giantsville. Last week over the Carolina Panthers. I think that defense carries over into this one. Daniel Jones looking a little frisky. Uh, They got their receivers back. Shepard Galladay playing in that one. Looking good. I like the New York Giants to cover this 10-point spread. I don't like them to win. Monday night football, though, I think the Giants cover this. Where is your love lying in this one? You know, normally I would be all over this. This would be the perfect scenario for me to start gloating about it. You see, my love for the Giants is finally paying off. But I don't think this is it. I think that Patrick Mahomes is going to come out, and he's going to light these boys up. Uh, I think he's got a lot to prove based off his performance last week. And he's hearing the criticism everywhere. And it's you know, it's, it's completely warranted for uh, because he played really, really poorly. But I think he comes out and he just lights up this Giants team. Um, so even though I, my heart wants to go with the Giants, uh, my brain is telling me, do not, do not take the Giants. So uh, I'm, I'm a little a little more hesitant to, to jump on board with that one than you are. But uh I mean, yeah, if you I'm really not want sold Giants, on it that much it. either. I'm not touching the Giants on the road in Kansas City on Monday night. And, uh, and this has to be one of the smallest spreads we've seen for the Chiefs all season long. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I'm a no-go on this one. I'll just watch this game and uh, laugh if the Chiefs uh, go further in, into the depths of hell and then tease uh, <laughs> our friends about their big win over the uh, Chiefs last week as they gloat. Uh, you know, I... I almost kind of hope that the Giants win just for that reason, just so I could. Oh yeah, that was an impressive win versus uh, this Chiefs team that just lost to the Giants. Yeah. All right. So, what what do we need? One more. We need one more. We've got right now. We've got the Colts minus two and a half, the Rams minus fifteen and a half, Chargers minus four, Jacksonville plus three and a half. All right. uh, So, the ones I'd say that we put in the bank here. Uh, Steelers plus four, I'm not in love with. I think that Bengals one is what we need to visit. Uh, either that full spread, ten and a half, or that first half spread, uh, minus six and a half. I, the trend says the Jets suck in the first half. Take that six and a half. You like the ten and a half overall. The Bengals offense has been a much better second half offense. So uh, what are you thinking in this game? Unless you thought of a, one of these other uh, sort of terrible games uh, to go with. You know, when it's when the spread is split down the middle for the first half or slightly below the middle, I like taking that, that first half. But for the most part, I, I'd rather take a spread for an entire game 
and not have to sit there, you know, biting my my fingernails uh, for that first half and just kind of be like, all right, no matter what happened that first half, we've got an entire second half to go. So I at least have something to kind of fall back on. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to leave this last. This is the fifth pick. Fifth pick, I always leave up to you. So All right. Uh, you uh, like the Bengals in this game. It. Let's go 10 and a half Bengals uh, for the game. Uh, nothing could go wrong here. We have a 10 and a half point road favorite and a 15 and a half point road favorite. Those cover in the <laughs> NFL all the time. All the time. Really, really put those big dollars on this one. Uh, like I said, I think this is the uh, $1, $1 on five uh, mutual pick week uh, here. All right. Let's get into our best bets for the week. Uh, I'll start it out, and I'm going to ride. Oh, God. Uh, the San Francisco 49ers on the road, minus four. Uh, that one's going to come back and haunt my soul to death, uh, But uh, especially after I trashed them all freaking week. But uh, I think this uh, Niners defense is going to cause a lot of problems for the uh, Bears without Mack, without Hicks. I think the Niners roll in this one. Uh, Niners minus four for me. All right, for my first one, I'm going to take the over in the uh, Bears and 49ers game at 40 at 39 and a half. All right, uh, next up for me, Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, plus four versus the Cleveland Browns. I think this is a field goal game. So I think the value here is on the points. Let's go Pittsburgh Steelers uh, plus the four. For my second game, I am taking the Colts minus two and a half against the Titans. Well, I'll jump on board that one, and we'll go Indianapolis Colts minus two and a half for me as well. So on the mutuals, uh, everything else a dollar. Just take the Colts. <laughs> Let's see. For my third pick, uh, I'm taking the Rams at minus 15 and a half against the Houston Texans. Uh, next up for me, Cincinnati Bengals first half minus uh, six and a half. Okay. And for my fourth pick, I am taking the L.A. Chargers, minus four. I will jump on that one. I'm going Chargers as well, minus the four on that one. And then I might as well say it, Jacksonville Jaguars, plus the three and a half over the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. For my fifth pick, I am taking the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, at minus four and a half. And... I am on the other side of this one. A true battle and showdown. Money on the line. New Orleans Saints plus four and a half for me as uh, my last pick of the week. You got any other picks left? Yep, I got two more picks oh left. Oh my, uh, loaded I, slate for the Achilles. No, listen, I, I made these picks literally as we were doing the show because I, I had to be sold either way. And either you sold me in a way that I wasn't leaning or the opposite. So you helped. I appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, for my last two picks, I've got uh, Dallas Cowboys at plus three. If I took them at minus two and a half, why wouldn't it take them at plus three, right? I think there's so much varied Dallas... value in that than the two and a half, I will say. Yeah, so do I. <laughs> uh, and then I am also taking the Chiefs in the first half at minus six points. Oh, my. Oh, I I think there will be tweets coming as the 
Daniel Jones uh, breaks off an 80-yard run as you watch this crappy Chiefs team and uh, pass bounce off Kelsey's hands and a pick six or something happens. All right. Why, why would you do this? Why would you do this to me? Be sure to like and subscribe to our show so you don't miss any of our content. Know it all. NBA recap of the week is coming on Sunday. Uh, you can catch our college football uh, show that just dropped yesterday for our best bets with Dynamite David and Winning Daily, as always, is out there. Plus, I wanted to give a shout-out to Achilles Rain. He missed yesterday's show, which was our 100th football time show. So he gets to have a little kudos today as he was a part of the 100 shows. Uh, very, very impressive 100 football time shows. A uh, lot of work, a lot of picks, a lot of fun indeed. Uh, Achilles, where can we find you? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter, that dude Achilles, at TD Achilles. All right. That's our show. And we're out. Happy Halloween.